Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Alana Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. And welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Rivka. Welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. With me this week is Genevieve Rackham. Genevieve is a leading voice on wealth embodiment, and she's also the author of the book, Sexy Money. How does your life change when you start making money from doing things that you're passionate about, right? Things you want to be doing. How does your day-to-day change? How does your dating life change? How does your sex life change? Uh, we're going to talk about it all. Uh, we also chat about OnlyFans exploding and giving women a new venue, a new opportunity to use their sexuality to make what they would make in a month in a matter of hours. I get her opinion on that. Uh, disclaimer, Genevieve is the twin sister of my girlfriend, full transparency, She's incredibly talented, and you guys are going to love her and everything she has to say. It's a doozy of a conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Genevieve Rackham. This week's conversation. Conversation. Genevieve Rackham, welcome to Sex Party. That's so weird to say, but I love it. Um, but, But, you know... (laughs) <laughs> Before we even get to your intro, disclaimer, this woman that is on the show with me on the program, as we call it sometimes, is the sister of my girlfriend whom I live with, right? So we have to get out of the way. But how are you doing? I am. Hi. <laughs> yes, I'm doing really well. I feel like, um, which I'm sure you've heard my updates via through Gianna from time to time. But today it's one of those days where I'm feeling like, extra pregnant and just like, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I can't imagine being pregnant, let alone extra pregnant. So kudos yeah. to you for, uh, <laughs> for, for not extra weight carry. <laughs> My lungs still slightly compressed today. I, I just feel like the mental capacity that it would take to be pregnant for me, I would be like, just, I would just toss myself out of a window or something. I can't imagine. It's not that bad. Well, that's and here we go, right? Um, it's definitely worse than pregnancy, and I've done. I do, I navigated that. I'm like, this is easy. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I just think it depends on the person. You you are definitely a strong person, uh, and I know that from my personal life, right? So, for the people who don't know you, though, they've never heard your name, they've never seen your face, they didn't know you're pregnant. Can you talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I would say I do a lot of things and, um, I I would say like at the forefront of my work, um, is wealth embodiment. It's a conversation around like creating wealth from the inside out. It's a conversation that's mostly directed towards, you know, women, I would say tend to resonate more often, but there are some men and masculine energy beings that get into my body of work. Um, but this is about like a co-creative life experience essentially. Right. And money is a big part of that. Right. And so there's a leading context of getting rich, doing work you fucking love, you know, and, um, 
also just being a being the leading energy of your life, I would say is a big component of that, right? Like co-creating the life that you want, doing whatever the fuck you want, having the life that you want and having that translate financially, having that translate in a business, if that's your career path, right? Or having that and having that translate in your relationships, your joy, your well-being, your happiness, all of it, right? It's kind of like a broader context of how it trickles down. But I would say at the forefront, there is a huge conversation on money. Yeah. I mean, and like money is always a thing that's wrapped around sex. It's wrapped around relationships. It's wrapped around gender, obviously. I mean, you know, the fucking pay gap is something that I think does, does all of us a massive disservice. Um, when you say co-create, like let's, let's, let's dust in that down, right? Like what does, what, what do you mean when you say co-create, like, uh, to co-create the life that you want, like, um, what is it and how would someone go about doing that? Yeah. So co-create to me is like creating with, right. Mm. And so there is a, I guess like deeper connection point to what you're here for in life, right? A purpose, if you will, a vision, if you, if you want to call it that. Right. And it's about fulfilling that. Right. And so like money being a huge part of that and a byproduct of being able to fulfill who you're here to be, what you're here to do and what you're here to have. Right. And so that's the conversation on co-creation is like, it's the acceptance that you're here for something, right? And you're here to fulfill that thing, right? And even because you're here for something, there's almost an implication of a larger purpose or context that supports you in fulfilling this thing. And so there's a co-creative energy that we participate in when we accept that we're here for more, mm. right? And so it leads to a greater sense of personal fulfillment, joy, becoming the person you want to be, making more money, growing a business, having the relationships that you want, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and that's really interesting to me because I feel like it doesn't, it can be spiritual if people want it to be personally, yeah. but it could also just be something like more like a goal or uh, an right. idea that maybe somebody didn't, didn't act on. So, I mean, if someone does want more money, right because you, you, a lot of your teaching, uh, I almost said the C word, I almost said coaching. Um, a lot of your, <laughs> a lot of your, your education around, um, you know, garnering more wealth, right. I feel like is big and expansive. I mean, what would the first step be for someone who's like, I'm not making enough money. Uh, I'm dating this fucking putz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that I don't like. Right. I'm like, um, I know I'm better than this, but I feel so buried. Right. Like what's the first thing do they need to then figure out, okay, what do I want? What am I here for? Like, where do they start? I would say desire is a big part of it. I would say that to me, I have a godly relationship with desire and, and that's why, you know, like sexy money. That's why I brought this, but it's, uh, you know, like, <laughs> um, to me, my, my relationship with life feels like desire led. Right. And I feel like desire led feels sexy and it feels fun and it feels like satisfying and fulfilling. And so I say desire is a leading context, right. Where it's like, what do I want? Right. Cause what I want is what I'm here to fulfill and not necessarily like every, you know, I talk about, um, distorted desire versus like, authentic soul aligned desire, which is like true soul desire, desire that feels true, real and resonant versus distorted desire, which is 
what we want when we have something to prove when we don't feel worthy or valuable, right? Like they're like shadow or they're, I guess not shadow, but distorted desires. It's like when we heal, when we come into alignment with self, we don't actually want these things. Right. Um, and so I would say like at the, the leading context, it's getting in touch with what you want and who you want to be truly at your core. Right. And like when you can really get, connected to that by first going there and acknowledging that and feeling what you feel there. Um, and it meant it might feel a little raw and vulnerable and uncomfortable because a lot of, a lot of people have a really fucked up weird relationship with desire itself, right? They feel shameful. They feel like wanting is selfish or bad or wrong. And so they don't even, a lot of people don't even understand what that feels like, what it feels like to go there. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we're willing to go there in the first place, we're already ahead. (laughs) We're already ahead of most people. Right. Um, And then it's about acknowledging what you want and living life from there. Right. And from this context of desire and acceptance of desire, you tap into kind of an energy and way of living life where when there's a compelling enough why you figure out the how, right? And so I think there's something to be like, a lot of people are like, I don't know what to do. What's my next step? And that is the biggest fucking waste of time. <laughs> like it is. And I understand it because I used to be one of those people who was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know what choice to make. What's the next step? No fucking idea. So I'm just going to sit here and fucking spin my wheels. But it's like getting this like pattern interrupting yourself and getting out of your fucking head and getting into your body and getting into like how you feel and just fucking moving. You know, if you don't know you like even what you said in that, like if you were a real like a, if that was like <laughs> I was going to say if you were a real person, but if you were a real person <laughs> in that real scenario, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you were like, Genevieve, I don't know what to do. Um, but I know I'm dating a fucking crusty dusty and I'm, I don't like my life and I'm bored or whatever. I'd be like, and I don't know what I want or what my next step is. I'd be like, you just said you don't like your relationships. You need to invest in tools or like learn how to like be someone who can be in the kind of relationship that you want. Right. Start there. Right. Or fucking end the relationship. Like a lot of people do actually know more than they realize, they just don't like to admit that they know because unconsciously it keeps them from having to be responsible and accountable to move forward in their lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also too, like, uh, something I've said on the show multiple times and in my real life, um, if I have one of those, if I'm a real person, I'm not sure. We just, we'll have, we'll have to figure it out. But, um, I ask myself that all the time. Like, is this real? What? Not really. Uh, none of this is. Right. Um, but I think, you know, people are more comfortable in from suffering that's familiar than change because change is unknown and change is scary. So there's right. that element to it too. I mean, you know, with your with your clients or like people coming to you, paying you for guidance or advice, do you have to like push them then, like, and be like, hey, you know what you want? Like the, the fear, what I'm trying to get at is like the fear element. Cause you're right. Most people are already there. Most people in the back of their minds, they really do truly know like, Hey, I'm fucking miserable. I'm fucking broke. I'm fucking fucked. Right. Uh, <laughs> I am dating some fucking blown out shit and I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fucking be with them anymore or whatever. Right. And so, right. and so it becomes this thing where it's like, you know, but you just like, kind of coast so is there a shove that you give or advice you can give to them if they're stuck yeah definitely i would say that's a really that's like one of the most common sabotage patterns um because 
you know, like you said, the mind is, the mind is, you know, we as human beings are wired for survival, right? But it's like we're, and so as a result of survival at our core, we are uh, pain avoidant and pleasure seeking, right? But we're more so pain avoidant than we are pleasure seeking. And so if it's like, you know, ooh, like this is just a basic bitch example, but it's like reach for the chocolate and you're like compelling, right? But then it's like, but if you reach for this chocolate, um, it's behind this bush and there might there might be something back there with the chocolate and you're like not doing it, not worth the risk, right? And so it's like, we have to like, what I talk about is like living a conscious life. And so it's pattern interrupting ourselves and our habits so that we can lead our lives on purpose and make changes, right? And so it's like that coasting sensation that we experience where it kind of feels like we're going through the motions or there's kind of a feeling of like, no matter what I do, like my nothing's changing in my external circumstances. There's like an unconscious habit that's wired in there that we're just not aware of that's keeping us in a holding pattern in our lives, right? And so we have to pattern interrupt and we have to get really fucking real and honest with ourselves about like what that is, right? And so for me, this process started with like just living a life of radical self-honesty and radical self-responsibility, right? And easier to do sometimes than others, but, you know, (laughs) it's as a result, it's like I we're living from a place of like where our power is and what we can do about it, right? And so when we're in that coasting mode, you know, there's so many different things we can do, but ultimately it's like coming home to the awareness that some part of us is benefiting by staying where we are on some level and creating awareness around how we may be benefiting by staying where we are, how that's familiar and more comfortable and pattern interrupting and making a new choice and assessing the risk potentially that we feel inside. That's like, if I quit my job or if I really go all in on my business is a big one, right? Um, if I really like actually give it all I've got, Um, I know I'll fucking make the money that I want. Like, I know, I know, I know. Right. But then there's kind of this feeling of like, what if I fuck it up? What if I fail? What if people fucking hate me or like whatever? And it's like, oh, well, you know, (laughs) like, are you willing to just like go for it anyways and try? And I feel like for me, the energy I bring with my clients is like a, is like a playful pattern interrupt. That's like, and like, oh, what if the person hates me? I'm like, so, (laughs) you know, and they're like, ah, sorry, I forgot. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Right. And just like infusing like a lightness into it. But I, I would say overall, it's this energy of um, making that conscious choice to pattern interrupt yourself, which leads to you pattern interrupting your life. Okay. And for the noobs, right? Yeah. Like, like, let's just explain your, you, you can just explain like what a pattern interrupt actually is like from your, cause I find doing this show that everybody has their own personal intimate definitions of powerful things like pattern interrupts. Um, so uh, what is a pattern interrupt in your opinion? So when I'm talking about it within this context. Um, I'm meaning it like, let's say you're walking, you walk to work every day. It's not that far. You walk and you just kind of like go into mindless mode because you walk the same route every single day. And so, yeah, you're paying attention somewhat, but it doesn't require your full conscious attention because you know where you're going. Your body can do it almost automatically. Right. And so the pattern interrupt is realizing that you're in a state that is less than full consciousness, less than full self-awareness and like choosing to like bring full conscious awareness to the moment. Right. And so it's like, you know, you could be like sleepwalking and someone goes, ah, and you're like, wah, right. And it gets your attention and brings all of you to the here and the now. Right. And so it's realizing that, you know, we have all these ways in which we kind of 
our brain responds and goes into like these habitual patterns where we aren't being fully here and now. And those are the ways in which we aren't being fully resourced. And so therefore we can't fully make the appropriate decisions to make changes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like basically if you're walking home and you always take a right, like what would happen if you took a left and went around or whatever, that would be a different doing something different. Um, to like boil it down to, 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 to dust and land, right. It would be like doing something. Yeah. So left or being aware in that moment that you always take a right and choosing to take a right again, but not just go taking a right because you always take a right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like switch it up, like disrupt the pattern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then how, how did, okay. You wrote this book, right? Spoiler alert, everybody. You already saw the intro, but she's an author <laughs> book called sexy money. Right. And there's so many things that I want to know about not just the process of writing a book, but like why sexy money, right? Like money, cash hoes, money is sexy. We, we, <laughs> we know this, right. Um, but like we, you mentioned finding your purpose and then therefore finding more money, doing what you desire and then finding more money. So again, like, from your own personal, uh, intimate place, why sexy money? Why is it the title? Why is money sexy? Yeah. So it's obviously a fun title, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's a, there, there's intention within those words that were chosen, which is like, this is a conversation on money and like infusing pleasure and power into it. Right. And so I feel like, for me, my experience of like growing financially over the years, for example, was not about just making more for the sake of more. There was so much within that experience and journey that was important to me that led to making even more money, which was desire, like what I wanted and how I wanted to feel and how I wanted my life to be. And so there was an acknowledgement that as I pursue the life that I want to live, the freedom that I want to have, the spaciousness that I want to have, the impact that I desire to show up for and fulfill, I would automatically make more money as a byproduct. And so sexy money is about like, it's a, it's a phrase to encapsulate the energy of money being a byproduct energy of showing up for the lives we we desire to have. Right. And allowing money to flow is a byproduct of that. And when we show up within that context, there's a greater sense of ease we experience when we bring money along instead of lead with money. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, you know, doing anything, I used to throw parties for, for a living mm-hmm. and I, I was really good at it. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, I loved it. I had, I, I felt like an artist every time I had a new party and like, there's no, nobody would understand that except for the people that understand that. But like, yeah. I noticed that along the line somewhere, there was an opportunity to throw a bigger party and in turn maybe make what I needed for half of a year or the whole year, depending if I use those skills to throw that party, it was still fun, whatever, but overdoing it, doing it for so over so many years, I realized that the bigger the bank got right, the more money that was coming in it wasn't as like enjoyable. It wasn't as fun. And so 
it was interesting because like I had a friend reach out like, hey, can you just um, like help me with this Sunday night thing? It's really small, like whatever. And like, he's like, I'll give you a tab. I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. And like, yeah, money was still involved, but it was like, there was something about when it was just about the money, when you, when I was doing it just when I sort of lost that passion because the little Sunday night thing wound up being so much fun and like reinvigorating and like taught me a different way of looking at these bigger ones where it's like, no, this still needs to be like, I need to enjoy this. And as soon as I made that sort of transition, like, no, 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 we're going to sort of like disconnect from the idea of like, oh my God, how much can we make? And just like, fucking slaughter and let it flow in. And so that to me, that would, that's sort of sounds like what you're saying a bit. Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who get really successful and make a lot of money, but then they just kind of hit this wall eventually. Right. And like when I talk about the context of money and, you know, wealth embodiment, for example, there's, there's a lifelongness to it, right? There's a staying power. There's a continual compounding type of experience we have. And so in order to have that, it has to be something that is real and true so that it can last. And so it's like, yeah, money is exciting and fun and be fucking excited about money. Like let yourself make as much as you want, right? But then it's like when, if it's just about that, eventually that won't last, right? It's kind of like if the relationship is just about how they look, yes, enjoyable, fun, all the things, but eventually that's not going to be enough. Right. And so we need, we need depth. We need like purpose. We need vision. We need why. Right. And so that's why we see so many people who excel in business and in finances. They're not the ones trying to make the most money necessarily, or if they are, they're looking at it more so through a lens of the game of business, right? Like they just love the game, like the game for the game. Right. Or, you know, the art of business or, you know, I have a reason to make this money, right? Instead of just, I like to see another zero in my bank account. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I think that's like the secret, well, one of the secrets to life, you know, and it's a difficult balance. And, and you know, I think that it's amazing that that's sort of where your expertise lies is in that finding that balance because that's, that's not easy. And yeah, I obviously like found it like extremely uh, interesting that you titled your book "Sexy Money." You can you can hold it up as much as you want. So we're, we're plugging we're, we're plugging <laughs> the me, we're plugging the book. Um, what, so, okay, and so tell me about like what made you want to write the book and like when you started and the beginning parts of that. Right. So I actually wasn't planning on writing it as soon as I did. Um, and I wasn't, I honestly wasn't sure what I was going to fucking call it either. And so it was kind of one of those things where I felt like I started to download it out of the, the cloud of my creativity and the sky, if you will. <laughs> but it was like, it was like right when some part of me felt like, okay, I'm ready to write a book. And then I was planning to write it the following year because it just made more sense for my life. Cause I was getting married that year. Like I just had a lot of shit going on. I was traveling a lot whatever. And I was like, I'm not writing a fucking book right now. But then it was like, when I accepted that sense of readiness, it was like, it started to just come into my head and I was like, couldn't stop it. And so I was like, fuck it. I guess I'm writing the book. <laughs> so then I just started writing it and it was just like, you know, chunking it out and just chapter after chapter after chapter. And then I actually thought I was going to name the book something else, but then I just, 
I don't know. It's one of those things that just kind of happened, to be honest. Like, I know that's not like the funnest story, but it's like, it's one of those things that just kind of happened. Like, I just, I went with it. Like, I wasn't planning on it. It started slapping me in the face. I just went with it and rolled with it and then wrote the book, titled it. It just kind of happened. <laughs> so how long, how long did it take you to, to, from start to finish to write it? Um... I'm going to be one of those assholes <laughs> and say, you know, it took me my whole life to write it. You know, sure. Yeah, of course. In terms of like <laughs> actually writing it, it was, uh, I, I had chunks where I, I wrote it like active writing time. It was very short. I would say a few months. Hmm. Um, but I s separated out that time of just like, because I had life things, wedding planning things, traveling things, whatever. And I took a break for a few months and so I would say it was probably January, February to like October. Okay. So like yeah. six months. Well, yeah. eight months. I don't, whatever the hell that is. I'm bad at math. Um, <laughs> and here and here we are talking about money and I'm terrible at math. Um, no, but I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're an author. You can do whatever you want. Um, well, also, too, a funny thing is like, speaking of being bad at math, I would always like undercount how much money I made. And I would like talk about something and then my account would be like uh add ten thousand dollars to that and i was like oops <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's a, that, that's amazing though i feel i feel like i have a lot of people want to have that problem and maybe if they <laughs> buy the book they will right um so uh, so can you like just give the the elevator pitch for your for your book i mean you take as long as you want but yeah i mean infusing pleasure and power into money while you make more than ever it's all of it right and so it's like it's not just making more this is not like a bro a broy bitch book that's like sit down and fucking cold shower and fucking you know whatever <laughs> like make life suck your dick yeah <laughs> whatever which there's nothing wrong with that yes there not is. Well, <laughs> i don't know i think i think it helps some people at a time like whatever but i don't think you should necessarily live your life there anyways but right. um it's a it's a it's an intuitive um inner work type of book um when it comes to money and so it's about allowing yourself to have a different relationship to money and a different experience of relating to like yourself, your life, your creativity, so that you can have an easeful experience of money and also allow yourself to make way fucking more. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people don't, I mean, a lot of people view money as stressful, you know, a lot, a lot yeah. of people view money. Like I remember going way back into Dustin's childhood, right? Like I remember, uh, I remember my parents were fighting like really badly and my mom was like, you know, in, in the bedroom, like sobbing, like, like hysterically sobbing. And I'm like, you know, Hey dad, like what's wrong with mom. And he was just like, you know, sitting at the counter, uh, like smoking cigarettes, like chain smoking cigarettes. And all he would say was, money is a monster. And I remember going and getting like the ugliest crayons I could find and like drawing this like horrific, like black and brown and gray thing and be like, like this, you know, and he probably was like, get the fuck out of here, you idiot or whatever. But, but that, to, that was, I mean, I was like four or five years old. And so my parents always had financial problems. We were always like, you know, lower middle class. We didn't know, you know, some, some months if we'd have like, electricity or heat you know what i mean so that's 
that's, that's how, but like, then as I got older, like my understanding of money was like, Oh, uh, it's a little stressful, but it was also like, I need to, I need to conserve it. Right. I need to hold on to it. When I, when I make it, I need to save it sort of, sort of like not pack ready or whatever, but with it or whatever you'd call that. But so I feel like all of that to say, I feel like a lot of people's interpretation vibe uh attraction to money isn't sexy and that's what i found so interesting about what you're saying and also the title of your book yeah it's like a lot of people have a lot of trauma with money a lot of negative associations and or they just can get it to the level where money's a necessary evil and fuck that you know what i'm just like fucking throw me off my six-story balcony i'm just like (laughs) living life like that. And especially if you're someone who desires to have a business that makes a lot of money, could you imagine like that's your fundamental feeling experience or belief system about money? Uh, There's going to be a lot of resistance in your life. There's going to be a lot of push pull, right? There's going to be a lot of making it and then fucking getting rid of it somehow. There's going to be a lot of feast and famine. There's going to be a lot of just fucking sabotage and all this shit. Right. And so, you know, the example you gave, for example, like, if money's a monster and I want to make money, I either have to be a monster or money has to not be a monster. And so something's got to change there. And so, you know, it's like, do I go to the dark side and become a monster and just break people in half for funsies? That's like evil, right? And like, like whatever. Um, or do I, I change what it is? Cause it's like money's neutral, right? And God, I'm not the only person who's ever fucking said that, but it's like, Oh, it's about how we use it, how we relate to it, what we project onto it. Right. And I was talking about this today, one of my containers, but you know, what really helped me was separating out all of these feelings that I had with money, seeing them as emotional problems instead of financial problems so that I could have a clean experience and relationship to money and lead myself emotionally. So I could stop being anxious, an anxious, depressed ass bitch, just a miserable, whiny fucking poor me ass bitch too. Um, (laughs) And but then also make the money that I wanted, you know? And like, I knew that I wanted to make a lot of money and I knew, like, I just had a lot of vision for that. And I had like purpose in that, you know? And I knew I wanted to like have a, like the context felt like for me and for other people, but also to fulfill some kind of greater sense of tapping into an experience of being unlimited. Right. And so like, who are we truly when we are not limited by our circumstances, when we are not limited by our resources, right? That is when we find out who we truly are, when we don't have to consult the Oracle of money, right? We can just consult ourselves fully. What do we want? Who are we? What decisions do we make? Like, who are we? Right. And then that's when we really have an experience of cultivating a real fucking life of who we really are. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you bring up a really good point because it's like, okay, if, if you don't have to like go to the well and hope that there's money in there, if like, if it's, if that part of it's taken care of, from a place of passion, like you're doing what you love uh, and you're passionate about and the money's coming in, right? Then who do you, who do you choose as your partner, right? Like how does, like, I mean, and take this wherever you want to take it, but like, that's where my mind went. It was like, who do I choose to have sex with? Because I feel this confident and like, good and about myself how does my skin change because now i can go and get fucking botox and whatever my body's better because i hired the personal trainer like and i have meals delivered or whatever like i feel like that's where my head goes fascinatingly because i wonder when we feel 
like your book teaches people to feel when we, when, when we figure it out, when people work with you and, and, you know, they, they buy into the church or call, I'm not sure of, 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 of Genevieve Rackham, right? Like when they, when they, when they get it and they put it into practice, how does that affect the partners that they pick and the sex that they have? It affects everything. Cause it's like there, you can't, you can't have, this experience of true like because a lot of people are drawn to like the money conversation because there's a there's a an appeal of like if i'm making more money i'm gonna be different right i'm gonna i'm gonna be the shit right or i'm gonna be i'm gonna feel safer more fulfilled i'm gonna feel more confident in control of my life or whatever and so there's something they're drawn to when it comes to money about who they can become or how their life can be right and so it's like you can't approach money or your desire to make more and not bump into these things and have these things start to change, right? Or at least at the or at the very least have these things evaluated, right? And so it's like you can't pursue money and not change at all, right? You can't pr- not or you can't pursue you know financial growth and expansion and creation of abundance and be completely unaffected as a person right? Mm-hmm. Whether positively or negatively, right? It'll, it'll really rub up against what's there that we're not really aware of super consciously without money. But then when money's there, right? And then we have all this money and then, oh my gosh, I don't trust anybody. Right? Yeah. Money amplified that. You were just put in a situation where you didn't have to navigate that potentiality because money wasn't on the table, right? Or now you have a lot of money and you just fucking do more cool shit for people. It's like you were always that person. Now just money's giving you these options and these these things, you know? Yeah, or like you have all this money and then all of a sudden like local prostitutes start going missing or something. Like that's not good, right? <laughs> like, but, but like that's, you know, you have and, – and so you're. I love this concept um, that money brings out what's already there because a lot of people would say – Oh, you went to Vegas and got all these porn stars and hookers and did it and all these things. But it's like, it's the money's fault. You were no, you weren't like this. You weren't like this before you were wealthy. Well, yeah, they didn't have the means to be like that before. That's exactly. So that's amazing that, that it, it works as like a lens and it, it amplifies who we really are. I fucking love that. Um, yeah. And, and, and in turn, like that would, that would then, in your opinion, obviously affect the partners that you choose. Oh, hundred percent. It affects every single area of your life. Yeah. Like, and to me, yeah. something to talk about when it comes to money is like, it's not necessarily even about how much you have, like the conversation that I have in my worlds. And it, it's, it's more so about being the person who has the ability to create money whenever you want. Right. Because there are so many people who win and lottery, whatever winnings, inheritances fall into their laps, but they haven't become the person who can make money. And so that amount of money is finite to them. Right. And so it's a different type of experience. Whereas someone who is living more in touch with a limited or an unlimited sense of resources, they are experiencing life differently. And so there's kind of a feeling of like, if I don't have the money, I can get the money. 
Um, and so you're going to show up to life differently. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. It makes total sense because yeah, yeah. when you do like, a lot of people like, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like you, you have a big party or grandpa dies or like whatever. And you get this big chunk of money and you're like, ah, oh, I can chill, you know, at least for a little bit. And it's like, there was one point in my life actually too, where I had, the most amount of money I've ever had in the bank. And I was like walking down the street and I was like, man, why am I still like, I thought money solved all problems. Why do I just feel like shit right now? You know? <laughs> and I thought to myself, I pondered that for a long, long time. And it wasn't because, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Cause that's a whole other conversation, which we could have. Um, it was because that money that I had was finite. It was just, it was going to disappear. It felt fine. Yeah. It felt fine. Yeah. And, and so there was no plan in motion at that point for me, like, okay. And money feels like it feels different. And, and, and again, I'm speaking from experience, like just the little mm-hmm. amounts of money that have come in, like from this podcast or like from the clips from the podcast that I post on whatever, when, when that money comes in, it doesn't even feel like money. It just feels like, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I did stand up comedy and, and like somebody paid me for it once. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? So like, there is a, <laughs> there is a different feeling to it. You know, there is a different vibe to it. And I love that that's what you chose to, to write about it. Cause, cause all of that is sexy. All of that does lend itself to, to having like a better, sexier, more fulfilled life with like better options, better food, better sex, better health, mental health, you know? And it's all like, to me, it's like when I use the word sexy, like specifically in the book, it's like more about there's a context of pleasure Mm -hmm. and it's not about just like an end, um, like a means to an end type of pleasure. Although that's, you know, that's an option, right. But it's this larger context of living in alignment with a desire led life. Right. Which is like, not, I I think sometimes when there's obviously like the fun kinky desire, right. It's like, I just want to like do whatever the fuck I want. Right. But it's the, you know, and you can, but there's also just like this living in alignment with satisfaction and fulfillment and, um, pleasure and purpose and contribution, right. Like all of those things are pleasurable. Right. And so when we're at the, when the forefront of the context, or the context of the conversation is and what's at the forefront is like just something that fucking feels good. Like a feeling good relationship with money, a feeling good life, a feeling good amount of money. Like a per- you are the person you feel good about who you are as a fucking person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, and like kind of like what you were saying a minute ago where you're like money, like I had the most money in the bank. Right. And I've worked with so many people who like, they're like, I just completed my business big or my biggest business deal. I have millions of dollars. I'm freaking the fuck out. Right. Or like clients were like, I feel like I'm just going to get hit by a bus and it's going to like, I I'm something's going to just take all my money. I feel like someone's going to rob me and murder me or like whatever, you know, there's all these things that come up because it's like, we have to learn how to be someone who can be with money too. Right. Mm -hmm. And with that, there is a sense of responsibility and there's a sense of like, being with it somatically in the body, like, you know, in the body, right. Being able to hold it and be with it so that we can be someone who lives a life where we feel happy, fulfilled, satisfied, and money can be a part of that. Um, and we create money in alignment with that. And also we feel resourced as an individual, we feel limited in our ability to gain resources and we access money from that place. 
so that if if you have five thousand dollars in the bank and you're used to having a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you know you can get back to a hundred thousand really fast versus someone who doesn't have that sense of limited or unlimited resourcefulness they're gonna freak out if they only have five thousand right or if you have two million in the bank and the most you've ever had before that was two hundred thousand then you're gonna feel like how do i make this work forever right or I'm not happy or I feel really tight and scared I feel like I have the most money I've ever had but I feel the most lack I've ever felt right and it's because it's like the person like who are you with money right and that will determine obviously your ability to continually create it again and again and again and the degree of ease in which you have in that but also how you fucking feel in it because like it's not just about money like it's not just about like, although money is a big part of it, like we're not discount, discounting or discrediting money. Right? Sure. I'm always careful to walk that line where I'm like, Ugh. it's not about money, but I'm like, it is about money. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want you to be like happy and fucking fulfilled and do work you fucking love and just make as much money as you fucking want. Do whatever you want. And <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And like, the, you know, the word sexy doesn't right. I mean, of course it means like, oh, that's hot. Right. But like, that's sort of a lifestyle. Sexy is like, I say horny all the time. And yes, I mean horny when I say it, but I also mean like, wow, how fucking cool. Right. Like how horny is this or that or whatever. So <laughs> it's sort of a double, a double meaning in your, in your title too. And yeah, money is such a big part of sex i mean we get into sex work on this show all the time and like the fucking haters and the trolls and all these things and so i would say in the last five years right and i want to get your opinion on this because because this is about yeah. money and it is about women and it is about sex mm-hmm. um only fans is like obviously like disrupted and it's given it's given the women uh creators this insane opportunity that they did not have before now that it's becoming more mainstream and you have women who were making uh they were working wherever as a waitress and and this that and the other thing and, and they were making their thousand bucks a week we'll say 600 bucks a week we'll say and now they're making that in an hour on OnlyFans. so i just want to get your opinion on that because it it, it is women sex money i mean i think it's the coolest fucking thing ever and i and i'm really happy that it's getting more and more mainstream i have a lot of these creators on my on my show and that's hard work you know sex work is fucking work but you know some enjoy it some don't but it's hard to argue with the amount of cash that comes in and then maybe funds whatever it is they want to do so love to get your thoughts on it yeah, I mean, fuck yeah, make money, <laughs> make money doing OnlyFans, you know, fuck yeah, more power to you. <laughs> you know? I just, I just feel like I'm like, I don't know, like you should be able to, if if you want to benefit from a society and system that, um, you know, likes to monetize and make money off of your sexuality, your, you know, your womanhood, for lack of a better term, your uh, security or insecurity like why shouldn't you fucking benefit from that yeah you know? i mean and benefit like hard like take everyone's fucking oh, yeah. wallet <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, hard. Yeah, exactly. yeah in a system that has made money off of you and sexualized you forever why not use that to your advantage i'm fucking all for that hell yeah and what do you think about like dudes that just can't like let it go do you think they're more threatened by 
the financial power of women taking their own shit and making money off of it? Or do you think they're more threatened because there's this sexuality somehow threatens the fucking status quo or whatever? Well, to be fair, I would have to have a conversation with this with whoever has a problem with it to understand. But I think in a generalized sense, speculating from that generalized perspective, I think some people, um, you know, particularly men can just be uncomfortable in the presence of a woman who's owning her sexuality and who's owning her sexual empowerment and even benefiting from it. Right. And monetizing it. And so there's something about that. that's just like, I'm uncomfortable about you being sexual, fully sexually expressed. Right. Because a woman holds a lot of power in her sexual expression. Right. And I talked about this in one of my like containers where we were talking about like feminine energy and like sexual energy. And I was like, you know, we could have a whole fucking conversation right now about how, you know, we've been taught and conditioned and programmed to be separate from our sexuality and to like have these like associations of shame and whatever, all these things around it so that we can be more and more separated from it. And it keeps us from our being fully self-sourced and fully standing in our power as women, right? Because we are sexual and we do have an, a sexual essence and sexuality, right? And it doesn't mean, and we will express this in different ways depending on who we are, but it's like, that's a core part of who we are, right? As people and especially as women. And so I think there's some kind of deeper part of their lizard brain a little bit that gets uncomfortable because they feel a loss of control right? When a woman is standing in her full sexual empowerment, she's in control of herself, right? Is kind of how it feels. And she's in control of her body and how she's and monetizing it or her choice to, or choice not to. And there's a sense of like not being in control of that woman or that woman potentially being more powerful than that man in some ways being able to manipulate him or whatever. And I think that feels unsafe or uneasy to some men unconsciously. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a bit of both, right? Like I just don't, and, and it, dri- it drives me crazy. Cause like my whole thing is, is like when we stop shitting on women, right. Uh, it, everything gets better. And I just said this on an episode and I said it to Gianna, like last night we were laughing about it, but it's like, why, why would you want to be an asshole to your neighbor? Because she has an OnlyFans, if you could just like be nice and like give her money, and you could see her naked, like that doesn't make any. You're actually literally, if you're a horny dude, like a creepy dude or whatever, maybe just a normal dude. But like if you're shitting on someone, you're creepy, and you're literally working against your own self interest, and that's the thing that I don't think men understand around, you know, the pay gap with women or or like sexual shame. It's like that makes every man look like a weak piece of shit. And it's like, it's maybe a little about confidence. Sure. And maybe some people don't have it, but it's like the second we sort of get this idea that when people are like of both, you know, of any gender are paid equally because it's equal work, you know, and like, and like, uh, everybody's happy. The thing, and what's crazy is if, if men wouldn't have like, financially fucked with women to begin with for 10,000 years and sexually fucked with women to begin with for however, forever. Right. Then there wouldn't be 
more more than likely, uh, at least at, the, at this scale, there wouldn't be an OnlyFans. <laughs> there, everybody would. That's just the way I see it. And so I just think that like it's it's like kind of like watching like little lemmings like go in a circle a little a little <laughs> a little bit or whatever. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about like. I mean, that's a that's a big fucking thing. That's something like Kevin and I have talked about a lot too. Where it's like. <sighs> Like I've made a lot of men uncomfortable just by when they know I make a lot of money, like, and I just exist and just, I just breathe air, you know? And so it's like that, like some part of them is like, this is not okay with me. And it's like, why, you know, <laughs> like a, a sexually empowered woman, a financially empowered woman, whatever. But it's like, like the the neighbor example you gave where it's like, why would this man like shit on this woman for um, you know, having OnlyFans when he could just pay her and see her naked. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a, let's ask those deeper questions. That's a question he should be asking himself, <laughs> right? It's like what part of him is like in such repression and denial of his desire, right? right. It's like, and even like I run into this on the internet a lot where it's like, I just kind of like observe people <laughs> and how they, and how they respond to me in a lot of ways. And some people are like, you know, indifferent, cool, whatever. Some people are like, love this bitch. And other people are like, I don't know why I just don't fucking like her. And I just like observe people's reactions. Like if I tend to notice, which I usually tend to just try and stay in my own lane for the most part and just focus on my shit when I'm here for. But I can notice sometimes people having reactions to me, whether on the internet or like in real life. And it's fascinating to see just where that comes from, you know? Like I even had, like, I was talking to Kevin about this this morning where I had this, this guy like come at me in like a charged way on the internet. And I just like observed it and just responded and redirected the energy. And then it was just like, he moved into an energy of like appreciation for me. Right. And I feel like there's in that strong feeling of dissonance and that strong feeling of like, I don't like you. I need to take you down. It's actually because if you got really honest with yourself, there's probably a strong sense of desire there. Yeah. <laughs> There's always yeah. an underlying emotion. That's the opposite of what, and that's the thing is, is like people, you can, yeah, you can see it, you know? Um, okay. So, well, uh, bonus question. Cause, uh, just came, yeah. came to me. Um, I guess they're all bonus questions cause they all just sort of <laughs> whatever. Um, there's no structure to this show people, uh, or is there, I don't know. Um, is this all an act? Uh, okay. So have you had partners in the, in the past who like you've gone on dates with and they've been threatened because you make more money than them. Like every single one. Before <laughs> <Kevin>. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it was like, it was just interesting. Like I, again, just observing, you learn a lot about people and about life when you just like kind of observe instead of, you know, fill the space. Um, but yeah, like I started to make money when I was in a relationship and that's, partner got so fucking uncomfortable and I could just witness them. What's the word? Um, <laughs> kind of like self combusting. Is that the word? Uh, is like flight starting to yeah. fall apart and shit. Just like, <laughs> can't handle this. Right. Um, and I just, I just observed it and I was like, I could, I see the invitation to overcompensate for where this person is not rising or not comfortable or not feeling secure, but I'm just going to witness. Um, and like, I think we separated that day actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, that's what that led to. Um, and I was like, God, like 20 at the time. Um, and 
my relationship after that, like my next serious relationship, this uh, man could not take business advice from me to save his life. Not that I was trying to be his business mentor or coach him or anything like that, which I was not, but it was like, I was asked for advice. And then when I would offer it, it was just like, not, they were not available for it. And I was like, okay, like I've built a successful company, like in this arena that you're just starting to dip your toe in, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, go off. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, those are some pretty uh, scary stories, actually. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I just think, again, it goes back to, like, the insecurity and, and whatever. Um, so, okay, so moving into uh, the final two segments, um, can you give some advice to women or men or whomever? And obviously, everybody go by the book. The link is in the, in the notes, whatever. But um, can you give some, like tangible starting from scratch real world advice to figure out how to make money in a sexy passionate way that you want like your goal in the book like how do they get started like step one i think it's like step one is admitting that you're meant for more and that you fucking want more for yourself that's step one you know because it's like when you start there you open up that part of your brain right And you open up that part of life that's like, what's behind the fucking magical curtain over here, right? But if you're not even willing to admit what you want or start there, you're, you're stuck. (laughs) There's, that's, you can't get past that. What happens when they, they go to do that though, right? Cause, cause this has happened to me in the past. And then they're like, oh, that's so arrogant. I feel shitty about I feel shitty about having that thought. Why do I deserve this? Like where, then what happens? Like, what would you say? So yeah, then that's like, it would create like a stop and start type of experience, right? Where it's like gas break, gas break, gas break. And you can't really create momentum or develop in your sense of self to have a sense of confidence, to be able to pursue what you want or move forward. Right. Um, so there's, you have to change your relationship with desire, which I actually, I talk about this in the book and I give you like prompts and like things to do and like work through. It's like a work, workbooky type of vibe going on in here from time to time. Um, but it's like, you have to stop living in duplicity, right? That part where you're like split energy, right? I want this, but I want this. I feel like shit about wanting this, right? Because then it's like gas break, gas break. And so it's about, if you can remove every, remove, heal, or integrate every single thing that makes you put your foot on the brake, you're only going to be on the gas. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. That's like really, really good advice. Um, okay, in closing, there's this game I want to play. It's called The Burner. It's like 10 or 12 questions. I actually like put some questions in just for you because, um, you know, okay. money, is, money is the theme. Um, yeah. So you can choose to go through The Burner. They're like more fun. They're a little more scandalous. So like we can go through it or you can skip it. It's up to you. Let's do it. I mean, if you were trying to skip it, I was going to be like, uh-uh-uh, wait, wait a second. Um, okay. Um, and they're not rapid fire. We just kind of like move through them, like whatever. Question <laughs> one, name something you wish men would stop doing. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is like a long-winded. I need to think about this. Well, just g- give me like one thing that immediately comes to mind. Um, I wish... I don't know. <laughs> God, I have like five things I want to say. Um, I, I think I wish men would stop not holding the door for every woman that they see. 
Okay. 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 Uh, name something you wish women would stop doing. Um, hating men. Hating men or dating men? Did you say dating men? Um, hating men. I feel oh, okay. like there's a little bit of a, um, which I understand because I used to be like, have my head so far up my own ass around this, but, um, the conversation around like, yeah, there are a lot of fucking shitty unsafe men in the world, but there's also a lot of incredible, amazing men. And I think there is a popular narrative, um, that sprung up, which, you know, if you start there and that's what makes you feel empowered, like, fuck yeah, rock on. Um, but this narrative around like men ain't shit. And it's like, yeah, to be fair, some men ain't shit, but not <laughs> like, I don't know. I just like thinking, bringing forward like a level of like love and respect towards just like masculine energy in general. Um, but I think that needs to be reciprocated as well, where men need to respect femininity and feminine energy. So it can be more of a cohesive experience that we have together, you know? Yeah, no, great answer. Um, name something you wish you would stop doing. Um, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, like, <laughs> To sound like a fucking arrogant twat, I feel pretty good about myself these days. Okay, we'll, we'll, we will we will we will accept the NA for that for that answer. Um, have, <laughs> have you ever been to a sex party in real life? Not a pod, uh, not a podcast. Define sex party. I feel like yeah. I mean, I haven't been like in a circle jerk, but yeah, I've gone to sex parties. Okay, well that's it. We that we got the answer. Um. Favorite guilty pleasure does not have to be sexual. Um, every once in a while, God, I, I feel like God, I feel like I sound so fucking boring right now. <laughs> uh, for context, I'm fucking eight, almost eight months pregnant, yeah. but um, so I, I can't really indulge in guilty pleasures. Um, but every once in a while, it's a zero sugar Coca Cola. <laughs> That's your guilty pleasure is a zero sugar Coca Cola. <laughs> Well, when I'm not pregnant anymore, you and Gian are taking out for cocktails and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going out for gallons of whiskey <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. Uh, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Mm. I don't care. I don't know. Backstreet okay. Boys. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, the Spice Girls or the Pussycat Dolls? Ooh. Since, I don't know. I listened to the Pussycat Dolls more growing up personally. But I, I love and respect both groups. <laughs> God, you, you're cheating right now. You have to pick. You have to pick one. But we'll live that. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Um, who should pay on the on the date? We won't say the first day, but who should put their card down on the date? Uh, first or any date, the man. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Favorite comfort movie or TV show? What do you put on to like sleep or like chill or like de-stress? Um, I was actually saying this to Kevin the other day. I was like, I feel like I'm listening to like Abraham Hicks or horror movies. There isn't really a move in middle. Yeah, no, that's a very that's a spectrum. That <laughs> that's a that's a big spot. Um, uh, is is it ever okay to throw two thousand ones in a strip club? Two thousand like like make it rain like two thousand one dollar bills like in a strip club from a I think it depends on the club. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um why why is bitcoin so unsexy uh i mean i think the the people who are talk about bitcoin have just really ruined it for everyone 
Great answer. Great answer. Um, flaming hot or probably not. Are you a fan of like really hot, spicy snacks? I am. I love spicy food. Okay. Uh, best music to have sex to. I don't know. I think it depends. <laughs> I know. I got, I'm so annoying. I'm annoying myself. <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, I don't know. It depends. Well, it, de- um, it depends on your mood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's something kind of, there'd be something kind of fun. And there's something kind of fun and kinky about like death metal. Like, and then there's something really fun about just like instrumental, like sensual sounding music. But no, I death, think, I, yeah. Definitely not Celine Dion. I don't know why that comes to mind as a strong <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> We're having a strong no reaction to Celine Dion. Um, okay, so uh, most used app on your phone? Um, Probably my notes section. Is that an app? Yeah. App. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> um, okay. A final question. Do you have a Finsta account, a fake Instagram? No, I don't. I actually, I'm, I've been curious, <laughs> not going to lie. Cause I, I see a lot of those fake accounts on mine. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Like, yeah. You know, well, weird person who trashed me on Reddit once I, I see you on this fake fucking Instagram account. Got to keep your eyes on people. Genevieve Rackham, thank you so much for being on Sex Party. Let's tell these wonderful party-going, money-needing, passion-wanting people where – that was a mouthful – where they can find (laughs) you, where they can buy the book, where they can uh, give over their wallets to work with you. (laughs) Um, I hang out on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. I would say my main, my main thing right now is Instagram and it's just at Genevieve Rackham. Um, you can get my book, Sexy Money on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Oh, can you hold it up one more time? Just so they can get it. There we go. Thank you for being on the show. You know, you're going to come back. Uh, yeah. 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 You'll be back. I'll have better answers next time. Oh my God. You did great. Less, like, less like gray area about everything, you know? No, I think, I think it, I think this is a great episode. I think they're going to, They're going to want sexy money. So thank you so much for being here. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Big thank you to Genevieve Rackham for being my guest on the show this week. Go check out everything she's doing on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Work with her. Go over to Amazon. Buy the book, Sexy Money. Genevieve will be back. Genevieve will return. If you're loving guests like Genevieve, if you want to see more guests like her, if you're still down with all my nonsense, if you want to show some love, some appreciation, some desire, you need more sex party, you want to show that love, what do you do? If you're listening on platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, you could subscribe to the channel. That's the most important part. New episodes every single Wednesday. There's some big holiday perhaps specials coming up. You don't want to miss those. You could also leave a rating. You could leave a review. You don't have to, but I appreciate it if you do. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, you could subscribe to the channel. You could like this video. You could like all the videos. You can leave comments on this video and all the videos. Uh, As always, I am available in the DMs on Instagram. And I will see you guys right back here next week. 
for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.